0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We have open lines for the first time in a long time. You can jump in on the World Series, the NFL, the future of the NCAA. I actually have some breaking news along those lines. College football week 10, NFL week 9. Canes are home against the Calgary Flames, who bring familiar faces, including Bill Peters, the head coach, and Elias Lindholm, who leads Calgary in goals. They both wore the Canes colors for a while. The NBA, college hoops is almost back. Your questions, comments, and answers to our question of the day about the future of college sports. Will you like it less if they take a step away from amateurism and not all the way toward professionalism, but in some kind of gray area in between? Some think they're already in that gray area, given that it's a multi billion dollar industry and given that student athletes, as the NCAA likes to call them incessantly, already, no doubt about it, get more now than they've ever gotten in the history of college sports. Well, the NCAA Board of Governors is meeting in Atlanta today, and they just put out a release within the last hour or so. Let me get you some of those details as we invite your calls, 1-800-849-2761. I promised you a Bill Belichick update as well, and here is that one. After writing in a book and then restating verbally since then, that 70 years old was a threshold that he thought he would never reach or exceed as an NFL head coach. Bill Belichick confirmed earlier today or late yesterday that as he has gotten older, and I can promise you that this applies to my life as well. Man, when I was 16 years old, if you were 30, I thought you were ancient. Intern Sam's probably in his early 20s. Am I ancient, Sam? You could be honest. No, he doesn't. We hang out enough that he knows I'm not ancient, all right? But when you were 16, did you think 30 was old? Yeah, he says yes. Bill Belichick is living a version of that, right? Like when you're asked a question in your 50s where you write a book then, thinking 15 or 20 years down the road, like as I sit here today, I actually have some friends in their 70s, including you know my own parents, for example, late 70s, her dad just turned 80. I have a really good friend in Chapel Hill a former professor who's in his 80s and as young and vibrant as you could possibly imagine, if I think of them, I think it's not too old. If I think of just the number, I think 80 is ancient. I mean, you know, that is the the over-the-hill, over-the-hill version of reality. Bill Belichick has gone through a similar circumstance. When I said it originally, he said, about not planning to coach into his 70s, maybe I didn't know what 70 felt like, he said on sports radio station WEEI in Boston. So I'm not really sure if it's an accurate statement today or not. At the time, I definitely didn't feel that way. Now now that I am closer to that age, I just don't know. He is sixty-seven years old. He's at three hundred career wins. Obviously, the only way he's gonna catch Don Shula, even with good years. Shula three hundred and forty-seven career wins. George Hallis number two on that list with three twenty-four. Belichick now number three at three hundred exactly. Even though the Patriots crank out double digit win totals year after year after year, it's gonna take a while to catch Don Shula. So if if he was really gonna stop at seventy, that was not likely. At all Now it's a much bigger chance. It was a decade ago than in a documentary about Bill Belichick he originally said that he just couldn't see following in Marv Levy's footsteps. Marv Levy was the Bills head coach who coached into his 70s. There aren't many examples of that in the pro sports that we follow. So now Belichick, forget that as a talking point. He can catch Don Shula. Uh, he can certainly catch George Hallis in just a couple years. And without that 70 ceiling, uh, he'd be a pretty safe bet to do so. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. The Board of Governors has said that it wants to start the process to enhance name, image, and likeness opportunities for college athletes. Not many people thought that they would take this step down this road. Now, keep in mind, this is just a public relations-style release. Nothing changes tomorrow. And according to this release, nothing changes in the calendar year 2020 either. However, they did ask the various levels of the NCAA hierarchy to have working plans in place by at the latest January of 2021. So that's what, almost a year and a half away from now. At the latest, the Board of Governors says, you three different levels of college sports, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. They're not asking for a cookie-cutter proposal. They want three different proposals. It's about making that third-party money, as we've discussed with our question of the day. Specifically, the Board of Governors meeting in Atlanta today said it wants more modernization to occur with these principles and guidelines in play. Student-athletes should be treated similarly to non-athlete students unless a compelling reason exists to differentiate between them. They also say that they want to maintain the priorities of education and the collegiate experience to provide opportunities for student-athlete student athlete success. They want to ensure that rules are transparent, focused, and enforceable, and facilitate fair and balanced competition. You can see the code words here that they don't want an entire revolution. They want more of a tweaking of the model. They want to enhance principles of diversity and inclusion and gender equity. They want to protect the recruiting environment and prohibit inducements to select, remain at, or transfer to a specific institution. Remember, third-party money tied to incoming athletes certainly sounds like, hey, you want me to put you on a billboard? Well, you're a pitch man. But if it's tied to you choosing a certain university, well, it's a recruiting inducement. So, of course, as I mentioned to start today's show, The NCAA was highly, highly unlikely to propose the wild, wild west. You want to take something? Go ahead and take something. They weren't going to do that. They're requesting proposals that would still allow them to monitor things, still allow them, maybe, we'll see the proposals, to be an intermediary on things. But the Board of Governors chair, Michael Drake, of Ohio State said, quote, we must embrace change to provide the best possible experience for college athletes. Additional flexibility in these areas can and must continue to support college sports as part of higher education. The mo- this modernization for the future is a natural extension of the numerous steps NCAA members have taken in recent years to, support, to improve support for student athletes, including the full cost of attendance, and also guaranteed scholarships. We mentioned unlimited food and other things that are fairly new, if not brand new, to the college athlete. The bottom line, this is a baby step toward a dramatically different version of college sports, but because they don't want new rules implemented until 2021, it's only baby steps until we see the devil in those details. 1-800-849-2761. The headline is going to be, The NCAA's top decision makers voted unanimously earlier today to allow college athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness. Just don't forget, it's at least a subhead, and it probably belongs with the headline itself. They continue their approval of college athletes, saying that college athletes should be allowed to profit from their name, image, and likeness. If that was the end of the story, if you didn't have to read the details, That would be a dramatic change, the one called for by the California law, the the one called for by Mitt Romney and others at that recent congressional roundtable. But the details must include this part of the phrase as well. They have voted unanimously to allow college athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness, dot, 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 in a manner consistent with the collegiate model. That's not a small detail. That means they're not heading down the road of the wild, wild west. That means they're not jumping all the way to semi-professionalism. That means they want it to be consistent with the collegiate model, which is undefined in today's release, but which suggests that they're not abandoning amateurism entirely. To me, it sounds professional, It's purely professional when you take money to play a basketball game. You take money to play a football game, right? That is the essence of being a professional. I'm a professional sports radio host. Well, why am I a professional? Because I'm paid to do this. If I was just doing it for a college station for free, I would not be a professional sports radio host. Well, now I did that. Now I'm a professional sports radio host. That's the essence of what is the difference between amateurism and professionalism. Taking third-party money is not the same as taking money from your university, pay-for-play purely, but it sounds semi-pro, doesn't it? Why did you get that pitch man opportunity? Why did you get that money from the video game manufacturer? Not just because you're a regular Joe. Why did you get asked to go to that autograph signing appearance? Not just because you're a dude. But because you're an athlete with a platform and assumedly a large platform and probably in a higher profile sport and probably at a major program, again, these rules when tweaked will allow any athlete in any sport to make third-party money. But what is the Olympic athlete at the college level likely to get? In rare examples, if you're Olympic superstar Katie Ledecky, you know, those opportunities are enormous. If you're just another swimmer, just another tennis player, just another golfer, just another whatever, you might get no opportunities at all. So the third-party window being open for that new money, does it sound purely professional? No. Does it sound semi-professional? Yeah. You're taking money in part because of the platform that you have. How do you keep the collegiate model while allowing... Pro-like money to pour in? Well, that's what they're going to investigate over the next uh, 12 to 15 months as the NCAA wants proposals at all three levels of college sports by January 2021 at the latest. That's the breaking news from Atlanta where the Board of Governors met earlier today.